Hey, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. My name is Jake Javarelli with my co-host, Blockchain John, and we are here for the 470th episode on yep. December yep. 21st, right before Christmas, 2022. Right. This is celebrate actually, Christmas. Yeah, this is it, man. Merry Christmas. You know, I think we'll be doing one on, on Christmas Day. Yep, we'll be doing Christmas one Christmas, Christmas Day as well, but uh, this is yeah. the pre-Christmas. Happy happy uh, Christmas Eve if you're having it and listening to us right when it, this is going on. But we're going to get into the news because we're just shooting the breeze here. <laughs> yeah. First one comes from, uh, Carol, uh, this is from Decrypt. Carolina Ellison, Gary Wang, plead guilty cooperating in FTX investigation. Now, Jake, are you surprised that Carolina and Gary have been, you know, part of the investigation? Yes. Yeah. No, see if it was Gary Gensler, yes, but uh, but Gary Wang, no. Um, these people are at the top of FTX; they know full well what was going on. They are responsible. Right, right, right. So, I mean, they're obviously part of it, and the question is, are they going to be charged? I mean, they're complicit, just like Sam. Even though Sam was the face of uh, FTX, and everybody associates him with it, Gary Wang and, and um, Caroline were both. Uh, heavily involved in in uh, Alameda and FTX explicitly, so they they I'm sure they they could claim I, I don't want to go into such gross detail, but the internet today guys referencing one of my favorite podcasts outside of our own <laughs> made a really good point recently about how uh, just because you want to change the meaning of words when you don't like uh, freedom of speech affecting you the way that Elon's been doing it lately doesn't mean. That you're not involved doesn't mean that it's not your fault. Doesn't mean that any of the things that you said or did aren't criminal. Exactly. Nobody that is a criminal wants necessarily to be caught. I mean, otherwise they have to go to jail and stop doing what they love doing. But you don't get to just change the meaning of freedom of speech to fit suit your needs as you need. You know, it, otherwise we don't have a, a country of laws. You know, rules that everyone's supposed to follow. So. Let me read this little part here. Uh, attorneys with the Southern District of New York announced Wednesday night that it had filed charges against FTX co-founder Gary Wang and the ex-CEO of Alameda Research, Carolina Ellison, securing their cooperation in their investigations into the spectacular collapse of FTX. Mm. And yes, it is spectacular. Because it's the one of the main news that just does not stop giving. We, like, literally, ever since this happened, that's all we're getting. It's just nothing but FTX news. Please. Well, that, yeah, there's plenty of news. It's just Elon Musk every now and he sticks his nose in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it is, yeah, they're guilty. It goes into a long, long, long um, detail of just repetitiveness. Basically, that they are com- they're, they're going to be hopping out in the, a part of the investigation. There's currently, no charges. Uh, right. They do thank the Bahama, the, bah- the Bahamian government, and the uh, United States Embassy in the Bahamas uh, for the cooperation. Because now SBF is back. Uh, well, not he's on his way back. He's currently under the FBI's custody, which is a good thing. I'm sure they're giving him. You know, good, good food. Better treatment than the Bahamian uh, <laughs> prisons were treating him before. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, let me see what else. There was there was another thing here. Um, SEC declares Ellison Wang active participants. Yeah, yes, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, technically they were because, like you like you were saying, Jake, that they're basically doing their job, right? 
Yes, they're active participants. And so it says right here, in what it, it in what it described as a parallel action with the Justice Department, the SEC announced its own moves to prosecute Ellison and Wang. Carolina Ellison and Sam Bankman-Fried schemes to manipulate the price of FTT. So that's probably where they're going to get them, is that for price manipulation on, on these exchanges. I'm sure it's going to be way more than just price manipulation, but sure. there was There's plenty of things they were doing that were illegal. Like, just the fact that Sam, like, well, I didn't know you couldn't mix funds. Like, dude, really? Mm -hmm. yes. down here, so but he could always follow Trump and just say, oh, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I'm just the CEO. I only make decisions. <laughs> exactly. Those people were down doing here. it to try to mess up my company. I didn't just pay them millions of dollars to. Yeah, it's like, dude, no, really. I mean, if if Sam Bankman Free can get in trouble with this two-year-old company, <laughs> Trump can get in trouble too. The, the last paragraph down, well, down this little section here says Ellison and Wang worked with Bankman Free to, quote unquote, to artificially prop up the value of FTT, which serves as collateral for undisclosed loans that Alameda took out from FTX pursuant to its undisclosed and virtually unlimited line of credit. What 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 said yeah. so that's that's uh, a big criminal charge right there you ask me yep you got to make sure that the company I mean you within a large company that have a lot of funds going here and there you can certainly move them around as long as you retain records of what you did and return the money back to its original purpose before you know the end of the quarter or the end of the year because well, what they what they ended up doing was manipulating their exchange to inflate the price of the you know. token. Yeah, no, I'm perfectly aware that that's what they were doing. I'm just saying that it's it's legitimately possible to continue to make to move money around however you like as long as you have record of what you do. Because at the end of the day, if you can't pay your bills, then you, your your creditors are not going to like you very much. Well, I mean, that's that's called starting off on a bad bad foundation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I heard in the news I'm outside so of this with uh, a senator, I can't remember which senator it was, ran up a $200,000 bill in legal fees and then just decided not to pay it. Mm. Speaking of that, let's uh, jump over to the next article here because it, it involves a senator, mm -hmm. a retiring senator. Stablecoin Trust Act. What? Retiring U.S. Senator Pat Toomey introduces Stablecoin Trust Act. That's one of his last acts in office. The Pennsylvania Republican introduced a bill to legitimize the use of stablecoins in payment systems. I mean, I'm not a Republican, but dude, I'm cool with that. <laughs> it's. You said you're cool with that? I am cool with the idea of introducing stablecoins. I think it's awesome. I'm yeah. not sure why he's doing it 100, percent but uh, exactly. That's that's where I'm always I, I'm always questionable about these guys, especially right when they're about to leave. Hey, let me just yeah. slide this. Let me one slide this more. through. I mean, I'm going to be gone anyway, so who cares? Exactly. Well, Excellent. you know, that's that. I want to read it and I want to read those earmarks because you know ruin. there's a bunch of earmarks in this bill. Ruin the ruin this country for your for your uh, children, Mr. Tumay. <laughs> I guarantee you, he did not read the thousands of pages of that of that trust act. Uh, right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just random. He had somebody else read him for him, and then he, then he got the summary. <laughs> yep. Let's see here. For issuers, the act would standardize public disclosure requirements, including what is being used to back the stablecoin, which must be quote high quality li liquid assets, where holders' privacy would be uh, 
tantamount, excluding new technologies like digital assets from Bank Secrecy Act requirements and asserting that private transactions not involving an intermediary or a financial institution do not be do not need to be reported. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, going out with a bang. I mean, maybe this is the thing that a lot of senators do. Once, particularly when they're retiring, it's not just just kind of screw the the system that they're in. Cause it's like they still live here. They didn't. They're not leaving the country. Mm-hmm. Is they set things up for themselves when they leave the public service position to go to the private sector, so that they can then be a private sector advisor and make crap tons of money uh, because they set up some rule that benefits them directly. And I, I'm not. I'm not super into that. I, I get the reasoning. I just don't really appreciate the reasoning. It's like you just set yourself. It's like it's like when we tried to get uh, senators and Congress people to stop trading stocks on which, on which they have direct uh, you know in, influence. It's like hey, that's that's insider trading. You guys arrest people who do that. I mean, not them personally, but you know the Fed will arrest people who do insider trading inside private companies or companies that are you know. Um, publicly owned um, for insider trading. So why why did the government get to do it? It just seems wrong. It seems it feels like to me, if you're going to be a public servant, you have to have no uh, direct influence at all. So Even once you leave, me, he's he's not he's not a new guy to crypto. He's been around for a while. Right. He's even uh, worked with um, a bill that came out back in let's see when was this. Uh, earlier this year, uh, it wasn't earlier this year. It had to be. When was this? When did this come out? Uh, I, guess, I guess July twenty six. You know, you're you're a public servant. Out. You should be serving the public, not your own interests. Yeah, he he came he came out with uh, well, he co-sponsored and introduced the Virtual Currency uh, Tax Fairness Act. Right. And pretty much putting it on the record that um, pretty much all transactions are going to be taxable. I mean, they are taxable. That's not weird. It's just that it, it's only once you transfer it to fiat, then it becomes. Well, no, that's what that, no, that's what this is saying as long as you're making a transaction with crypto, that is taxable. I don't think, I mean. It is right right now. You can click. No, I know what, I know what they're trying to do. I'm, I'm just saying that, that I get why he's doing it in the sense that if you can make billions of transactions and you don't get taxed on any of them then people well, are just going to do it that way instead of doing it through whatever state, you know, methodology they're the, supposed to. The, the thing that you keep bringing up uh, in weeks prior is how do they expect to actually track people well, making these transactions? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like I said with the idea of banning crypto. If you ban crypto, it's just going to go outside of the United States. You might as well embrace it. Ah, uh, there it goes. It came out in 2014. Yeah, I knew it was way before that. Sure. So, you know, ignore, trying to ignore it or trying to make it disappear is not going to happen. It's here. It's here to stay until everybody gives up doing it altogether. Then maybe it will disappear. But, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Senator Toomey actually takes over Gary Gensler's chair because I don't think he's going to be uh, continuing on anymore after this investigation. I, I think, think Gary will leave and hope, if he's not arrested and thrown in jail, then he'll be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'll be stepping down because this, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of eyeballs on him now. He's, he's actually going to be sitting, I think, actually, this week, I might have missed it. Uh, uh, this week, I think he, was it today? I think Wednesday. I think it was today, actually. Okay. Today, he was sitting, he was sitting and um, giving his. Giving his, test, uh, yeah. Test, uh, Deposition. Yes, on. Yeah, yeah. On, on, on the whole FTX. Right. Back. 
All right. Well, right, continuing on. More stuff. Over to the next article. This one's Bitcoin Miner Core Scientific. Uh, Bitcoin Miner Core Scientific Files for Chapter 11. It's bankruptcy. Bitcoin Miner Core Scientific Files for Chapter Thank Bankruptcy. You. There's no commas in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So this is actually this is new to me. I, I didn't know that this 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 company even existed. Really? But I thought we talked about it before. Core Scientific. Yeah, we've definitely talked about it before. When we were, when, when, whenever I mentioned things like what I was doing for with my own business was uh-huh. that the, there are three major like uh, Hut Eight and um, yes. <clears throat> Core Scientific is one of them. And then what was the other one? That was in Mar- Texas. Marathon. Yeah, Marathon. There's one more. Uh, Riot. Yeah, Riot. Riot Blockchain. So I guess there's four companies that I know of. Um, they're all struggling, and you know, Core Scientific has gone belly up. Yep, yep, and that's you know due to the bear market, and that's basically what this news article is saying is yeah, yeah, you know, bear market is is hurting a lot of companies, and um, it says right here Bitcoin plunged more than sixty percent year to date, and that's what's hurting a lot of uh, a lot of companies. Not only that, obviously, um, with the price of crude oil going up, and you know that's that's actually giving us right you know yeah everything this is one of the biggest problems we faced is as soon as it kicked over from ethereum all those other miners well not all of them but a good chunk of them moved to other coins which drove up the hash rate on all these other coins that were previously not really all that expensive to mine but then the price of bitcoin dropped a lot right which of course drops everything else um, not that everything else is necessarily based on bitcoin but almost everybody trades every coin through it and uh so the hash rate is high and the and the price is low and it just makes it com- almost imp- completely impractical to mine anything at all. Like there is only one coin I know of that you can make money on, only one, and that's Dynamo. And I know I talk about it a lot, but you actually can still make money on Dynamo. It actually is above water right now. Nice, nice. So here's a quote: Given the uncertainty regarding the company's financial conditions, substantial doubt exists about the company's ability to continue as growing concerns for a reasonable period of time, of course, said at, at the time. So, yeah. There it is. Oh, here's something about Celsius. Bank, bankrupt crypto lender Celsius court documents also revealed it owes core scientific millions of dollars in unpaid electricity tariffs. Yep. Oh, interesting. According to the firm, it's losing approximately $53,000 per day to cover what Celsius had refused to Hey! Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. They were expecting me making money off of Celsius, and Celsius is gone now, and has been for almost a year. So <laughs> they were depending on that, and now they can't. And I know because I I wasn't depending on them, but I was at least storing my my, my profits in there. Or not profits. So how but, would you how would you run this company if if you were the CEO? What? Which core scientific? Mm-hmm. Or just a mining company. I, it's so hard to... All right. <laughs> so when I started out, my ridiculously small number of GPUs I was doing in the very, very beginning, which was like 20, um, we only had three machines. And the rent for what I was paying at the time was easily affordable. You know, the reason that we had to change our, our business plan was because we got we kept growing, building up and building up and building up to the point where when we start not being able to pay our bills, uh, I wanted to make sure that the rent bill was still affordable to the, you know, the company members 
to support the company going forward. But if you're bleeding, you know, $50,000 a day, <laughs> yeah. then unless people have, you know, millions of dollars a month that they can use, you know, 600, what is that? 50 times six times 30 would be $1.5 million a month. If you can, if you can come up with a, a million and a half a month uh, to support the company every month until it comes back online, starts making money again, then do that. And that I, I had, I knew this when this happened in January of this year. Um, I said, look, we're hitting a bear market. It's going to be crypto winter for a while. We need to keep supporting this as long as we possibly can. And we've reached the point where we can no longer support it unless the market turns around. So we're hibernating until that uh, turns around. Now, Core Scientific, as well as some things like Riot and, and Marathon, maybe even HUD-8, if they're struggling just as much, they're talking about millions of dollars that they have to pay daily, plus their entire facilities. We don't even own our facilities, so we don't have to worry about that part. Um, there's there's some logic to leasing as opposed to owning. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the nice thing about owning is you can always just sell the property, so we don't we don't do that. Mm-hmm. So as far as if I were the you know in charge of Court Scientific, I think I would probably have held a lot more cash back. I would have, you know, kept as much, a lot more liquid funds sitting around. But they also have investors, and they have to pay those investors. We don't. Well, that's not true. We do have some investors, but they, they recognize that the the way our our um, plan worked was that they were only going to get the coin. That was that was the payment. Even if it didn't equal U.S. dollars equivalent of coin, we were doing all the work for them. So. Yeah. Okay. Move on to the next one. This one is Trump NFTs tanking as hype dies. Floor prices down 70%. It's only been a couple days. Come on. <laughs> oh, well, you do know he sold out, right? Originally, they did sell out. So he's, well, if, if, if whatever his commission was, he made he made the commission on all of the sure. uh, NFTs. That was to be expected, of course. It's, it's, a, it's a Trump limited edition right. um, but NFT. This is only the, the, the resale price has gone down. So, so the floor price for uh, for the former U.S. president's Polygon-based NFTs has dropped 74% since peaking on Saturday. Let's see here. Donald Trump's NFT collection is losing value as sales fall following a brief spike over the weekend. Trading volume fell 57% on, from Sunday to Monday, while the floor, floor price for the NFTs has dropped 74% since the Saturday peak. Well, there you go. That's exactly what you just said, uh, Jake. That uh, it's from the, from its peak, and you did you did mention that they were up. What how, how what were these things selling for? Is it on here? Seventy four percent drop six? since Sunday, Saturday rather. So let's see, NFT selling for an average just over six hundred eighty a piece, although the total volume fell at nearly one point nine five million. So that's total volume, six hundred eighty piece. You're still making a six seven x um, on on your NFTs. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And you remember, he gets he gets paid on the commissions of every single sale, so or secondary mm-hmm. sale. So he's going to keep making money as long as people keep trading these dumb things. And they'll continue to trade. Yep, because it's it's it, it's the, at this point it's I'm sure there are people out there who are crypto savvy and like Trump. I'm not going to say a person who probably follows us, um, but. Uh, there's also probably people out there, in fact, I would guess majority of the people who are buying and selling and trading these stupid things is as is because of the ig, ig or is it uh, Ig Nobel, not Ig Nobel, infamous aspect of Trump. 
It's like, oh yeah, Trump is is flaming dumpster fire. Of course, we want to get his stupid NFTs because they're we're going to make fun of them. <laughs> well, I guess um, it's bad timing for me to insert that my book is digital and it's an NFT, and you guys can buy it on. Like I said, if anybody who buys Esco is going to know that in 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 uh, ten years from now they can say they they bought an uh, an a copy for only ten Raven as opposed to the. One million Raven price it will be in ten years. What is that? That's twenty cents, bro. That's twenty cents. I know. That's what I'm selling my book for. At a hundred bucks. It's, yeah, but it's always been ten bucks. Raven, regardless of the price yes. of Raven. So exactly. the exactly. price is not about the price of Raven. The price is about what what value of Raven is more important. Exactly. <clears throat> not the fiat value. <laughs> so NFTs are still going to be anything in the future. I'm sure they are. Actually, it wouldn't surprise me if in 2023 there's going to be a next evolution of NFTs moving towards gaming and uh, um, digital media, uh, such as as more more films. You know, we did we did see a little snippet uh, in 2022 with films. Um, we're talking about you know uh, big name films. Um, was it uh, Quentin Tarantino had a film that he put out on um, as as an NFT? I think he was actually being sued for that. Uh, Yes. Right, Trump. Who was? Uh, Quint Quentin. Oh, Quint oh, right. They were a deal, but that was because he was trying to put out NFTs based off of stuff that he didn't actually own. Yeah, yeah, yes. Technically, he didn't own it. Yes, but he did direct the film, right? Right. Yeah, but it's not. He, even though he directed it, somebody else technically helped him make the film, and therefore yes. those publishing companies technically own the film. And that's that's where he got caught up. Yep. Yeah, it's like, dude, right. just because oh. you're a director doesn't mean you. I mean, yes, you may have written the script, but you don't own it because someone else paid to make it a movie. So you need to kind of let them well, let them boom with, deal with there's it. There's this boom with NFTs and with uh, with AI AI imaging uh, mm -hmm. that's going on right now, and uh, apparently that's been uh, influencing the NFT market in a very negative way. Mm -hmm. Because uh, there's there's a lot of um, non-unique. Well, they're they're unique, but it's very obvious that they are AI rendered pieces. And so, since this is heavily saturated in the market, because they're so easy to make, people are just making them like in, in the thousands. It is dumping them on the market because it doesn't take you time. When you're an actual artist, it takes you a very very long time to make a very amazing masterpiece. Yeah. You use an AI, you plug in yeah. a couple of words, and bing, bang, boom, a couple seconds later, there you go. Right. If you make that into a script code, you can print out thousands of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this is it's infinitely replicable uh, content. So, but yes, it is, it, is, it, is, it does kind of suck. I mean, I'm not saying so at one right point... Now, go ahead, sorry. It, it, so right now, it is an, uh, it's a negative effect with, 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 with uh, AI rendering. But what's going to happen, this is my prediction, is that... Um, Real artists will actually be more valuable. Their artwork will be more valuable. Um, will be realized more valuable in, in the in the future, right? So, and on top of that, there's already technology being built out uh, that exists already that can identify uh, anything that is rendered as artificial intelligence-based um, uh, NFTs or, or, or artwork, videos, images, all that stuff. Right. So that's good. That's good. That I, I I'm really happy that that technology is out because now we can actually plug that into. Um, these exchanges say, "Hey, uh, is is this a legitimate artist or is this AI?" You know, and then we can have like a little caution below, or a little little logo, or a little um, uh, watermark stating this is uh, artificially built. 
are created. Yep. All right, so on to some interesting news from uh, the Democratic Political Action Committee, or PAC. Apparently they uh, realized that the money that FDX sent to them was not theirs to keep. <laughs> So a major Democratic mm -hmm. PAC to return $3 million in FTX executive donations, the report says. So, yeah, if you guys don't recall, we said it many times on the podcast that uh, SBF, um, <clears throat> Sam Bankman-Fried, has donated millions of dollars to, to, to both Republicans and Democrats um, over the course of, of his reign of power as, as one of the global exchanges out there. And now that money is being requested to be paid back, which surprisingly, um, it looks like it's going to happen, which is like, once again, I'm going to quote that surprising. Yeah. I thought you had something. Sorry about no, that. No, sorry. I was just, I was just trying to type something. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so, the thing. The question I have was the democratic party's returning money is the Republican party turning money. Because the donations were roughly the same. As I recall, the total number of donations to each party, although you know it was through dark uh, donations that Sam sent for the Republican Party, he sent about $11.5 million to each party through various different things. It's not like he sent it just to one pack. He sent it to multiple packs. Yeah, so it says right here, prior to FTX's spectacular collapse last month, it's then CEO's Bankman Freed doled out some $46.5 million to support political campaigns, according to nonprofit OpenSecrets.org. That's a lot of money. Yeah, no, it's, and... it's a, well, I mean, it's, it's a lot when you think about the total amount of he was sending it out. But I mean, you know, plenty of large donations are sent for other purposes. But I'm going to say that I don't think Maxine Waters would have been so <clears throat> friendly with Mr. Freed. Bankman Freed, if uh, he didn't send such a gargantuan amount of money to the to the campaigns, you know, and it, it still it still wouldn't surprise me even after he's uh, he's summoned here in the next couple of days to uh, to give a statement. You compare how much money uh, large companies like uh, Apple and Google spend on uh, uh, super PACs in order to figure out if he spent a lot. So, you know, that close to $50 million is a good chunk of change. It's more than I'll ever see in my lifetime. So, <laughs> yeah. I was a millionaire once when my house was worth a million dollars. So, I was a millionaire on paper, but not, uh, not in real life. <clears throat> In 2020, for example, Mick McFree donated $5 million to the Futures Forward USA. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? There's multiple organizations that, that he was donating to. Right. Uh, let's see. Another one, he shot out $70 million to support Joe Biden with ad, with ads. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But that's, see, that's a political action committee that shelled that out. It's not Sam Bankman free It's just they sent, what is it, $160 million total? Said at the, at the top of the article, they spent 160 million dollars total, and that was just for ads. There we go. Senate Majority PAC, which spent 160 million dollars on ads supporting Democratic candidates in 2022 United States races, will return one million donation made by Bankman Freed and a two million made by Singh, mm -hmm. Nishad Singh. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, okay, uh, that's it. He gave you guys a lot more than that. <laughs> They're like, well, we spent it all. 
And that's why we won. Ha ha ha. Whatever. Yeah, it, I, I really wish that, uh, I mean, this is aside from what we're talking about, but I do really wish that there wasn't so much money involved in politics. It feels like we spend an awful lot of money just doing advertisements. I, I think that I no, I'm not even going to say. I think lobbyists should be banning. Lobbying should be banning. Banning. No, I don't. Banning. I don't know. I don't think lobbying should be banned. One, how do we put it? Getting off political tractors. That's what we're talking about. But um, I feel like the money should be evenly distributed. But I know people don't want to do that because they because it was established that um, uh, don't, money donation is freedom of speech. It is a form of free speech. By donating money, and that was established. I don't remember how many years ago now, but um, because of that establishment, you can't redistribute the funds. It has to go to whomever that person donates it to. But the thing that that's so frustrating about that is it just means that, and it's not always true, but it often means that who he who hath the biggest bank account wins, and that's not how this country was set up. So, even though a lot of people say sarcastically, it was how the country was set up. The intent here is not to just say, well, if you have a lot of money, you can rule a country, which it certainly does seem that way to those who don't have a lot of money and who care about the country. So it's, it just seems rather unfair. Yeah, Anyways, move on. moving to the last what, 10 what, of the year. Well, actually, one, one thing. I don't know. Did I mention it that I watched the um, whole um, FTX? There, there's, there's a little link here within the last article. FTX now seeking prompt return to Sandbank Reed's uh, political donations. And actually, that's the image there of Mr. Ray, John Ray III, when he had his, um, his, his uh, testament on the record. Mm -hmm. What do you call it? Yeah. What? That, that guy, I, I, did, I, did I say this on the, on the podcast last week or the, other, the last episode? It, uh, I, I, that I watched that video for about four hours, four hours long. Okay. Did I? I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, he was great. He, he obviously has a lot of experience doing this. So even though FTX is bankrupt, the guy is amazing. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to get everybody's money back, but I think he is the right man to do it. Hmm. Anyways, continuing on. Last article of the day, which is pretty cool. Uh, 10 crypto tweets that made a splash in 2022. This one's coming in from Cointelegraph. Uh, let's check it out. So, um, do, do you want to just read all this? Or yeah, just, read the uh, tweets. <laughs> okay, let's let's read the tweets. So On the tenth day of oh wait, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is, right? So here's uh, ten memorable tweets from 2022. The first one is the Terra collapse. This is uh, uh, well, I, actually, I got to read that beginning part. The crypto space suffered several blows this year. Among the collapse was the Terra project. Terra started in 2022 as a prevalent project of the crypto industry with Luna uh, assets sitting in the top ten cryptocurrencies by market cap. And May, however, it crumbled and, yeah, it pretty much got, became depegged. Here's a tweet from Do Kwan. Um, well, it doesn't really go into much. Well, let's, let's read this. Number three, it says, first, if you don't understand how Terra's peg stabilization mechanism works, um, here's a good overview. This one's, uh, he retweeted from Pedro. Update on the Luna tokenomics, how to predict when depeg will end. Bring back my death spiraling Luna model. Turned out it was accurate. All of those did didn't age well jabs at it didn't age well what <laughs> Bill Kwan responds a review of the current situation UST is currently trading at 50 cents a significant deviation from its intended peg at one dollar yes that is 
a crazy tweet when that happened because that literally happened like over overnight. Well, it's it's because the pegged you know uh, stablecoins don't really stick somewhere between or somewhere around three three percent of of one. You know, the most I've ever seen USDT dip was just for a, like a split second until somebody you know bought back into it, where the price fell what point I think it fell six percent off USDT once. Where there's just a massive amount of trading going on, and there's you know people are dumping a gargantuan sum of funds, six percent down was a huge pull on USDT, but fifty percent down, <laughs> that just doesn't happen. <laughs> so the next tweet is Twitter's new Dogecoin focused owner, yes, Elon Musk. Let's see what his tweet's all about. He literally all he tweeted was the bird is freed. The free bird. Got 2.4 million likes, yep. and I'm sure, yeah, there's 143,000 replies. I wish we can get that. That'd be nice. Let that sink in. Next. Let that sink in. <laughs> Free Arrows Capital Falls is the third one. Another significant company that went uh, under was Three Arrows Capital, uh, one of the multi-billion-dollar hedge funds filed for bankruptcy uh, that was affected by Terra, by the fall of Terra. And let's see here. This one's from uh, a tweet from Suzu. Uh, we are in the process of communicating with relevant parties and fully committed to working this out. Unfortunately, it did not work out. <laughs> they went bankrupt. Now he's under arrest. <laughs> yeah. And the next tweet is the FTX collapse. And we've talked about that over and over again. In these last me, two uh, months. Actually, can you, yeah, can you take... Can you take that? I, I got somebody at the door. Yeah. All right. So FTX collapses and FDF and FTX, sorry, FBF. It sounds an awful like, like FTX. I'm sure that was on purpose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he says, uh, also in replying to himself, I will try to be helpful during the hearing and to shed light on what I can. FTX, U.S. solvency and American uh, customers pathway to could return value to users internationally. I doubt that. What I think led to the crash and my own failings were the things he's going to talk about. Furthermore, I had thought of myself as a model CEO who wouldn't become lazy or disconnected, which made it that much more destructive when I did, because I always was. Oh, wait, so that's not part of what it was. I'm sorry. Hopefully, uh, people can learn from the different difference between who I was and who I could have been. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> I hate to say it, but uh, I don't think you ever were a model CEO. I don't even know if that is part of the vernacular in this case. So, uh, let's see here. The Ethereum merge, which actually happened before the collapse of FTX, which is weird that it became, uh, I guess technically it's a bigger thing, although the number of retweets isn't nearly as high as Elon Musk's stuff. Uh, Vitalik Buterin says, and we finalized, and that was on September 1st. Happy merge all. This is a big moment for the Ethereum ecosystem. Everyone who helped make the merge happen should feel very proud today, except for all the miners who got screwed. Me being one of them. Not happy about that. Great. Thanks, Vitalik. You suck. Uh, let's see. Is it the fifth one? Regulation. That being something that Cynthia Loomis is talking about. Final five tweets on this list don't focus much on the major events as they simply look at the points of interest. Cynthia Loomis tweeted with 5.2 thousand tweets, requiring op open source developers to build the AML KYC, that's anti-money laundering, uh, know your customer, into node software and hardware wallets. That dog won't hunt. <laughs> 
uh, Loomis shed light on the crypto regulation thing that we're going on increasingly popular topic this year. Number six, uh, Bitcoin's price troubles. Of course, it dropped down below 20,000 from its high of, what, 70,000 last year. <clears throat> Bitcoin had a really tough year, definitely. Although it's, I, in my opinion, going back to where it should have been all this time. Peter Schiff says, Bitcoin has finally broken the neckline of the head and shoulders top. The scary part for the longs in the pattern project, a move below $30,000. Once that level is breached, Bitcoin will have completely completed a massive double top. From there, a crash below 10,000 is highly likely. That's just his opinion. I, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's impossible that it could drop below 10,000. I mean, we were at 3,000 only two years ago. Well, I guess almost three years ago now. Before COVID, right? No, it's right when COVID started. It was March. Uh, right when COVID was first actually uh, announced, uh, we were at uh, $3,000 for Bitcoin. And man, even anybody who got a $3,000 Bitcoin at that time would have been, uh, we're further down, John, um, would have been um, really happy with the $16,000 value of Bitcoin now because that's 3X or 6X where it was in March of 2020. So, sign of crypto's mainstream attention in March before much of the year's bearishness, Tom Brady tweeted, What's up, Vitalik? This is, uh, you may not know me, but just wanted to say I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you for everything you've built on the world of crypto. Otherwise, autograph wouldn't have been possible. Hope I get to meet you someday. You're the goat. And here is uh, his response to something that Vitalik was saying. Um... He literally, Vitalik literally said, I didn't even know who Tom Brady is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because it's just not his thing. It's not his wheelhouse. So why would he even think about football? Exactly. All right. So still a Bitcoin proponent, MicroStrategy co-founder, the uh, infamous and famous Michael Saylor, has been a, for, has a face of the company's Bitcoin acquiring pursuits. They now have over 100,000, actually 130,000 Bitcoin. And Michael Saylor's very simple tweet, as simple as Elon Musk's tweet, trust Bitcoin, not people. Because if you trust people, they'll crash your doge. Yeah. <laughs> and then our last tweet of the year, or at least famous tweet of the year here is uh, by A. Pompliano. Simple tweet from the industry native. Bear markets usually eventually end, but they can last longer than you think. That bear can hibernate for a damn long time. If you speak to anyone who has been around for multiple cycles, they will tell you, now is the time to focus, build, yes. and learn. Yes. yes. Probably a good way to end, to round out the year. Because with all this bear market and crypto winter we've been experiencing, even through the summer of this year. <laughs> a, a lot of people want to become millionaires in crypto. Yeah. You're not going to be a millionaire at the top, investing in at the top. Right now, while things are at the bear market, and that's what uh, Pompliano is talking about. Right now, and investing now, everyone's like, nah, I'm getting out of crypto. And I'm going to stop mining. You know, you, you, you mined up until the last minute, Jake. You know, and are still continuing to mine, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's pretty much what Pompliano is saying. Even right now when things aren't valuable, buy it up. Buy it up, buy it up, buy it up. Because when things bounce back up, you're going to see. And they will. You're not going to be FOMOing. You're yeah. not going to have any FUD. You're just going to enjoy the ride up and make your millions. Yep. Beautiful, Pompliano. Beautiful. So with that, ending our show for the day before, the last show before Christmas, episode 470, we all thank you for listening in and uh, giving your thumbs up on our episodes, if you will. Thank you very much for doing that, commenting if you like. You can always join us on Twitter, 
I forgot to put the coin tree up here real quick. Um, you can always donate to our our, our coin tree, <laughs> not link tree. Coin tree is for crypto enthusiasts and people who like crypto in general. Uh, lots of places to donate. Also, Discord. You can check us out there. YouTube, pardon me. YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Coinbase, uh, Patreon, Reddit, Linktree, which, which is also like Cointree. Uh, <laughs> Tip at me in Odyssey, which will be shortly de decommissioned, unfortunately. They lost their battle with the Fed. So, thank you all for listening. And as we say at the end of every show, and I will say as well, a Merry Christmas if you are celebrating. Stack Sats and Hoddle. Hoddle. Adios. Adios. Feliz Navidad. <laughs>